0: In our last episode, we saw the prophet Daniel, although burdened with the flat earth theory of his day, rebuffed conventional wisdom and learned future humanity would run to and fro and global knowledge would escalate at an astounding pace. And by golly, the most prolific prophet of his day turned out to be right on point. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. Today, knowledge is increasing at a phenomenal rate. What used to take decades now takes minutes. That's a big deal. Think about it. Knowledge, the ability to know something and communicate it, is nearly instantaneous. And that ability, in this time frame, the time frame in which we live, it actually speaks volumes about the importance of Bible prophecy, how it's being communicated, and our responsibility for conveying such knowledge with divine accuracy. As it's so often the case, the knowledge God means for the good of his children is perverted by the enemy and meant for evil to the uninformed. Prophecy, folks, in this time period is no longer just a curiosity item. So what might we see today with the encroachment of world powers and this globalism that's so much talked about? How do we see it playing out? Well, certainly a significant reset in global civilization Technology, society, environment, geopolitics. We see this happening in real time with pandemics, disrupted distribution systems, increasing shortages in basic foodstuffs, even the ingredients to fix them. Wrestling control of these necessary systems speaks entirely of globalism. These are no longer conspiracy theories. They're occurring in real time dictates regarding what we own, what we eat, ultimately what we think. The World Economic Forum may not be quite as direct in stating its goals, but it's clearly a demonically inspired system gaining traction that will ultimately remove choice and change the way we live. About 2,500 years ago, the prophet Daniel was given what might have seemed to him a jaw-dropping panoramic view of history a presentation that jumps centuries into the future. The prophet was in his 80s by that time, finishing up about 70 years of captivity at the hands of a hostile nation. And the angel tells Daniel to shut up the words of the prophecy just given him and and seal it until the time of the end. But it's what the angel told Daniel before he was to seal the book. Let's start in uh, verse 1 of Daniel chapter 12. At that time, at what time? At the time of the end, of future time. Michael shall stand up. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Significant words. Michael would stand up. A war would break out in heaven. John tells us of the same event in Revelation chapter 12, a, a cosmic war between the angels of God and the demonic princes of Satan. And Satan and his angels did not prevail and were cast to the earth, only to now reside in a man in the Middle East, just healed of a mortal wound, a man who becomes the much-prophesied man of sin, the Antichrist. The angel continues with Daniel in verse 2, And many who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise, this is key, those who are wise, uh, that have the knowledge and the wisdom of the time and and understand the season at which they live, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now here's the key, verse 4. But you, Daniel shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase folks that's globalism i believe we can be certain daniel was seeing something in the spiritual realm 2500 years ago that would have would have been very difficult to put in the language of 21st century globalization Nevertheless, Daniel was told to seal up the prophecy because it pertains to the time of the end. The prophetic knowledge the angel had already shared with Daniel probably well assured the old prophet he was on solid ground, and we contemporary believers know that he was. So with that background and that understanding of this phenomenal, nearly three-chapter prophecy, we can see, understand, and yes, we can communicate the events that are shortly to come, leading to its fulfillment. Listen to Isaiah chapter 10, verse 22. For though your people, O Israel, be as the sand of the sea, A remnant of them will return. That's a latter-day return. The destruction decreed shall overflow with righteousness. Listen to that. A command ordered by God using Israel's ancient enemies to devastate the land and the people in a divine discipline. In God's mind and heart, a deserved and righteous act on His part. Absolutely necessary for the Lord's intended outcome verse 23. For the Lord God of hosts will make a determined end in the midst of all the land. Listen to the apostle Paul centuries later affirm that very word from God in, in Romans chapter 9, verse 28. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. What are we to make of that verse? Paul's actually quoting from Isaiah chapter 10 to mean that while a remnant of Israel will be spared in the time of Jacob's trouble, those who refuse to repent will experience God's speedy and righteous vengeance against sin. God will do a quick and a just work, cutting off one portion and saving the other. Yes, Israel is the locus point for the global events to come. Jesus addressed the matter in Matthew chapter 24. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world. Until that time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, that's again a quick work, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Beloved, so many things are coming into perspective at this time. Things we wouldn't have considered even a few years ago. The behind the scenes conversations regarding the future of Temple Mount, considerations that could well pave the way for not just talk of a future temple, a Jewish temple in Jerusalem, but schematics and plans from Orthodox leadership for its near future creation. While there's still a number of prophetic events that will continue to methodically unfold as we've so often discussed in our Critical Must series, it does seem that time and the occurrences are happening at an astounding pace. The prophet Hosea made it abundantly clear the Lord would turn his face from the covenant people and return to his place in the heavens for a short 2,000 years. 2,000 from the time of Messiah's crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. And while all those centuries have been Quietly ticking away, the Holy Spirit has been slowly but deliberately preparing a body of believers on the earth for such a time as this, a coming third day, when He will raise up His covenant people to join with their Gentile brothers to form one new man. While the news cycles of the day are focused on the Eastern European War, Counterfeit social justice agendas, coming economic catastrophes, gun violence, and a host of other issues, there's very little reporting on the political and military realignments in the Middle East, ticking time bombs, set clearly to burst and play havoc with the, the conventional wisdom of the day, raging nations navigating ethnic conflicts, unrest among Israel's northern neighbors that will lead to a war between Iran and Turkey, as prophesied in Daniel chapter 8. This is yet a very significant future war. All the kings of the south continue to establish normalized relations with their ancient enemy Israel. Who would have thought? And the speed at which it's occurring. You know, Israel's prophets always had a view of a future time of trouble for the nation, believing a future Messiah would come and put a new world order into place. What they didn't understand was the the well-forecast prophetic events that would come first, hidden from them in plain sight in the wisdom of God, a great mystery in how the covenant promise would be fulfilled and who would be the prominent one in the outcome. Today, much of the church also has only a a very superficial knowledge of this great mystery of the coming kingdom and Israel's central role in the divine promise. Even today, the church has very great difficulty coming to grips with a Judeo-centric kingdom to come. Beloved, if we don't know and understand the words of the prophets... We're going to be confused and bewildered, no matter how great the saint, confused about the breakdown of Western civilization, fast-paced, globalized agendas, presented without restraints, any restraints. The church is confused about these events and has little perspective of an age to come. Taking positions, God's in charge, and he has it all worked out. Yes, he does have it all worked out. But do you have it worked out in your mind and in your heart? Do you have it worked out in the word of God when you read it? Worked out that he's requiring his assembly of believers to move quickly with a new level of spiritual intimacy in a spirit of brokenness and humility? Given to spirit-led intercessory prayer and travail for wisdom. And no matter the challenges, walk in the confidence of God's love and mercy. And on that note, Father, (laughs) let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, these are the days for an extraordinary outpouring of your wisdom on your bride. And we believe that's exactly what you're poised to do. You'll finish the work, Father. Your Word says you will. You'll cut it short, and you'll cut it short with your divine discipline, awakening the church for its divine mandate just prior to the establishment of your kingdom right here on earth. Father God, just as Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit teach us to pray privately and yes, corporately, that your church would get intentional in its prayer life, that it would begin to cry out in houses of prayer, Yes, Father, that's a a globalization of a different kind. For all that, my Lord, we ask, and we need wisdom in the asking. Amen and amen. Maranatha, beloved, I'm Bill Nordstrom.